What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the High and Wide Radio. This is your host, Angry Jim, here with my co-host, Flyers Jack. Say hi to the people, Jackie. What's up, people? <laughs> tonight, our guest is lifelong Flyer fan, Kyle Warner. Kyle, it's a pleasure having you on the show tonight, man. How's life? Hey, it's fantastic. I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, thanks for coming on, dude. So, we're going to jump right into the topics tonight. Uh, Flyers have a huge game we want to get to. Uh, they're currently on a 4-0-1 stretch. Um, we could start with Jack first. Who are some of the players that have stood out to you during this little run? This is very exciting for me because I can finally say, because we've waited for so long, Ivan Provorov, Travis Sanheim, Felipe Myers, even Shane Goss's Bears turned around. We've been talking about these kids for so long. They're all here, and they're all really starting to play good, and that just excites the shit out of me. I'm at the point where if they don't make the playoffs, at least these guys are playing well. And also, Travis Konechny, he's been on a tear. He looks like – and his little bromance with uh, Nolan Patrick is just adorable, but <laughs> I appreciate it at the same time. Like so, right off the top of my head, I got to give it to the defensive court. Got to give it to Konechny. Those are the five that really stand out to me right now during the stretch. Hell yeah, I totally agree. Kyle, what do you think, man? What do you see? I have to agree with that. I'd also really like to add in Limblom. I thought he's really elevated his play the last 10 to 15 games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's. I don't know if I expected this much from Limblom before he made the team. I really didn't know much about him, but um, he definitely has the skill. And now that he's been given the playing time, you're starting to see what he can do. He's been kind of like a, a hound around the net, you know, eating up. Uh, yeah, I- go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, looking at it, I mean, after all this waiting of years and years and years, it's fantastic to finally see the kids stepping up, stepping in, and elevating their game. I mean, we've all been waiting for years. (laughs) I mean, we've heard they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, and obviously it may be a little too late this season, but to finally see it coming to fruition, is it's nice. Absolutely. So I'm going to throw out some names at you guys, and and uh, tell me what you think here. So the first one I want to mention to you, uh, if you had to pick out of any of the Flyers defensemen, Jack, you just named a bunch of them, who would you say would be leading the team in points at this point in the season for the for Flyers defensemen? I'm going to say Sandheim. You're absolutely right. And I don't, you know, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but over the last couple of weeks, it's definitely a good thing. Uh, his last 12 games, four goals, seven assists for Travis Sanheim. 11 points in 12 games. Um, he's got nine goals, 20 assists on the year for 29 points. He's fifth on the entire team in points. Wow, I didn't know that he was doing that well. Yeah, he's completely taken over. And you know, I, I heard I was listening and reading some stuff, and people were saying that like, oh, he might be the number one and not Provorov. Not ready to go that far yet. This is definitely a down year for Provorov, although he has turned it around. But at the end of the day, if both of these guys reach their ceilings or come close to it, you're going to have two studs on your hand. And we're talking defense. They've got two guys who can do it all. It's just great to see. Absolutely great to see. And it was a good point about Lindblom as well. Uh, it's funny when Hacksaw was on his way out. I think he had Lindblom on the fourth line, if not in the press box. That shows you <laughs> yep. what kind of genius coach he had. had. The, had the great for, for uh, Laterra and Weiss to be in. What a grip, man. <laughs> yeah, I was watching the That's Montreal. Can- 
I was watching a uh, Canadians game last night. I felt like I was watching the friggin' Flyers with uh, Weiss and Wheel and Folan out there. I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, there's no way they can make what? the playoffs. Weren't they mentioning Wheel, like, constantly in that game? Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, this is Jordan Wheel. This is not, like, friggin', like, the uh, big trade deadline acquisition here. Like, it's Jordan Wheel. And they're I talking know. about him sparking uh, Jonathan Druin and, and getting the second power play going. I'm like, you guys are fucking – I don't know. what. Like, what Jordan Wheel are you watching? Well, I don't know if you guys remember exactly, but when we acquired him, when sent when we sent, uh, I believe it was Lacave and Lucien over there, right? Yep. To LA, and we acquired them back. A lot of Flyers fans were like, "He led the AHL in points," and yada yada yada. And I'm like, "Well, wait a second, guys. Let's not get too excited about this <laughs> this individual." Well, it's true because he he couldn't find a spot with LA. And like, well, what's right. the issue? He's he's killing it in the AHL. Why isn't he being called up? And then things came out with like Riley Cote was the uh, assistant coach with the Phantom saying it's about politics. His kid should be up there, and that kind of made you scratch your head. Like, Jesus, is this kid better than we think? But he's too one dimensional. You see his flaws come out. He disappears at times, and yeah, it was it was a nice little run he had. But he's really come back down to earth, and he's he's just another guy. He really is, and. It was cute while it lasted, but a lot of guys tear up the AHL and just can't hack it in the NHL, and he's a prime example. I have to agree. And and he was also playing on the first line when the Flyers, when he racked up, what, almost 20 goals, over 20 goals that year. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And everybody was worried about losing him to Vancouver. We've got plenty of guys who can step in and do what he does. If Rob exactly. up and down the lineup, Luis is no different. When a guy steps into that top line, scores forty goals, then talk to me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll bring up another guy for you guys. Uh, the one Jake Voracek. He's got three goals, six assists during this little four-on-one stretch. He didn't play against the Islanders. Uh, we're not really sure why. Well, I, I mean, I'm kind of sure why, but you know, the Flyers aren't really uh, letting anything out about that. He's supposed to get an MRI. Haven't heard anything since. Uh, Voracek has eight goals and 18 assists in his last 26 games. Uh, that's a span of just about two months. Uh, Kyle, what have you seen from, from Voracek? You know, uh, Jake has the most, as, as a hockey, I play hockey myself. As a hockey player, Jake plays one of the most frustrating styles ever because he has superstar talent. I mean, there's no doubting. Every once in a while when Jake's just like, guess what? This shift, nobody's taking the puck from me and I'm going to score. Or I'm going to pass it across three people and it'll be a perfect one-time goal. Like, there's no doubting he has that. But he plays such a lackadaisical style at times. I feel like at times he hurts the team more than he helps the team on the ice. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. So I, I was on a show, I think it was with... Uh... Uh, Dan and, and Mike Aceto, and, and Mike had a good point. He said, uh, it's not so much that Voracek's lazy, it's that he'll skate in circles for an entire shift, and then the next three, four shifts, he's just out of gas. And, and that made, that kind of made sense to me, because I was kind of one of the people that would always, you know, just kind of call Jake lazy, and, you know, he only shows up for certain shifts and certain games, but maybe he just shoots his load off it in, in one shift, and he's tired for the rest of the period. I don't know. Well, I think that's funny a that possibility. I was going to say, it's funny that you say that because the, when he's playing poorly, it's, and you know, I play hockey too, not a crazy amount, but when I was gassed, 
I would try to do certain things that when I'm fine, I can do no problem. But when you're tired, you, you kind of half-ass it, like you're stick handling and you don't pull the, the puck up too far enough to one side or whatnot. And that's how you get pickpocketed. And that's, a, that's what happens to Voracek a lot. How I always said he's kind of a compiler with his points, but with the mistakes he makes, he gives back like 30 of those points, uh-huh. it feels like, with those, like, he, some of his mistakes where he gets pickpocketed in his own end leads to, like, a goal directly. If he's gassed and he's not paying attention to how he's sick handling or he's too tired, he's, he's kind of half-assing it, that, that leads to mistakes. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And throwing the puck across the middle and, oh and without looking. I mean, he does I have to agree to an extent, though, but when you're making eight point what is it, $8.25 million a year and you're a professional athlete, I mean, like, can we figure that out? Like, don't gas yourself in a shift. It's like, <laughs> yeah, or, or if he does, he better hit every single player on the other team and get three shots on net. Yeah, I mean, do, do, yeah, the, if you're going to gas yourself in the shift skating in circles, then I mean... I don't know. Maybe I just hold him though a little bit of a higher standard, considering he has the ability to put up a ninety-point season. I really think he does have the ability to. Not that he has yet. I mean, he's come close, but the inconsistency I, stops that. Correct. I have to agree. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think... When does a coaching step in and be like, "Yo, you need to tone it back a little bit, pace yourself." He's been in the league how long? Like, they should have figured this out or worked out something at this point. I wonder. Right. If... Go ahead, Kyle. I was just agreeing. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Like, I wonder if it's like too late for him to change now. Like, Jake is just Jake, you know. Uh, he's making his money. You know, if you tell him to slow down, he, you know, is he really going to change? I don't know. But. Go ahead. Well, was that not the knock on him in Columbus before we picked him up? What was that? That he takes shifts off. That he takes shift off. That he that he gets lazy. That he doesn't back check. I mean, obviously, the back checking part has turned around. Like, exponentially from his days in Columbus to now, but also so is his age, so is his relationship with his teammates that he's been with for years and years and years. So, Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so if we want to move on to another player that's playing well and surprisingly well, uh, the one and only Moose, Brian Elliott. Um, surprisingly, he's got, uh, since he's come back, he's got a .938 save percentage. He's only given up uh, Three-plus goals twice. Both games ended up being overtime games. They won the one, obviously, in the stadium series. The other one being uh, the 4-3 loss to Columbus. Gave up some weird goals in both games. But overall, he's looked pretty solid, and he's keeping the Flyers in it. He's doing just enough to help him get these Ws. Um, if you guys remember when, when Carter Hart went down, we all kind of thought, well, shit, now we're stuck with Brian Elliott. Now we're stuck with uh, Cam Talbot. Um, a lot of us, I think, expected Brian Elliott to get moved. Turns out he's still here. Um, have you guys noticed anything different from Elliot? Or, or are you kind of like, you know what, that's what he's supposed to be doing back there. We could start with Jack. I think the, the writing's on the wall for Elliot. So, man, I'm definitely not going to be here next year. I should probably start paying, playing a lot better. Uh, this is an audition for him going into the free, in free agency. However, I don't think he's a bad goalie. When he's healthy, he's always been very solid. Um it is good to see him play. He should be playing for another team right now. That's a whole other conversation for another time that I quite don't understand. But, yeah, he's playing good. I do think it has a little bit to do with that he's not going to be a flyer next year. But either way, while we're on this run, I guess I'll take it. <laughs> you know, so. Hell, yeah. Kyle, what do you think about Brian Elliott's play? I think that having uh, 
Carter Hart come up and kind of steal the show the way he did, and and then they traded for Cam Talbot. Obviously, he is playing for another contract for another team. I don't I don't see any reason they would bring him back, but I think it also had bringing uh, Hart up gave him the ability to get healthy. And what you're seeing is a pretty healthy Brian Elliott and a pretty healthy Brian Elliott, like Jack said, is a pretty good positional goalie. And when you're good positionally in the NHL, you make the easy save. And so far he's been doing that and a little more. And I, I just think a lot of it has to do with health with Elliott right now. You know, that's a really great point, Kyle, because, uh, he hasn't until recently. He didn't play in a game since before Thanksgiving, so he was he was out for almost four months, three and a half months. Uh, he had time to recover, which is a really really good point. Um, maybe we're seeing you know the the Brian Elliott you know we thought we were going to see. I, I was never really a big Brian Elliott guy, so my expectations were never that high. Um, I think I think we're seeing the Brian Elliott that was before Hackstall ran him into the ground. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. I'll take that, man. Hell. Well, we need it. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Brian Elliott's playing great. We, we touched on Sandheim. We touched on Voracek. A uh, couple of guys that we always seem to forget because they're just – they're always playing well. Uh, in Claude Giroux, who has two goals, seven assists uh, over this four-on-one span – and Sean Couturier, who has three goals to assist. Now, the person that the guy that everyone's talking about, especially after last night, uh, Travis Konechny. What what have you guys seen from his game, especially since the Simmons trade? And and, and what do you like? Uh, and uh, you know, can he keep this up moving forward? Kyle, go ahead. You know, I Konechny is one of those players that you'd love to have on your team, but you can't stand him when he plays for another team. <laughs> like he's just one of those players that just agitates. A Sean Avery comes to mind. Obviously, he's not nearly as bad as Sean Avery. <laughs> but I mean, you got a you got a little glimpse of it with the mic'd up session last night. Is I'm pretty sure he's like that every single game. You just don't get to hear it. Right. And. I, I love his style. I love the way he plays. Um, at times, he can get a little careless with the puck, especially in the offensive zone. Especially, I mean, not that he's often around the blue line, but what I notice is sometimes when he gets around the blue line in the offensive zone, he gets a little careless with the puck. But, I mean, he's exactly what you expected him to be. I mean, I think there's still room for improvement, but he's the player that you thought he was going to be, he's becoming and is. Great point right there because I think, uh, you know, uh, when he came into the league, a lot of people compared him. Oh, he could be a Brad Marchand, uh, Brad Marchand player or, or maybe even a little bit better. Uh, I love guys like that. I like guys that never shut up. I like guys that, you know, not only are they beating you on the score sheet, but, you know, they're beating you up mentally too, you know. Um, I think during the episode last night, you heard a guy. Can we talk about Jake Gentle's voice at some point during the show? Like, like what? Did his balls drop yet, or what? Like, cause did anybody else notice he that? He, he That's sounds a like a penguin right there. He sounds like a penguin would sound, right? It's exactly how he would sound: whiny, 
crybaby kind of penguin. That's exactly what you get when you put on that jersey. I mean, I've seen players go from other teams and sound like a man, and once they put that jersey on, they start flopping, they start crying, and they start sounding like a little bitch. It just comes with a jersey. I think the play in Pittsburgh, you have to be neutered, and uh, the only player not not being neutered was Ryan Reeves, so they had to get rid of him. Yeah, it makes total sense. <laughs> yep. I still remember that trade, a first-round pick for Ryan Reeves. Wow. My God. Oh, well, Pittsburgh was desperate because, man, they were getting beat and beat, beat up on that year when they traded. I mean, but even I went, what? Wait, what? And then the contract... Vegas gave Ryan Reeves. It's like Jesus. It was almost as bad as the one Washington gave Tom Wilson. Not to get off subject. No, it's okay. I could talk about players like that all day long. I know Jack loves yes, it too. Yes, he right, could. Jack? Don't get him started. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, to see a guy like Jake Gensel, who was an important important player on a, a team like the Penguins, to see Konechny get under his skin without even talking to him, or at least. You know, not from what we saw. I think, you know, that, that kind of shit spreads uh, on the opposing team when you start getting frustrated and other guys start getting frustrated. So I love players like Konechny. Jack, what, what have you seen from Konechny that, that you love? Well, the perfect uh, example is of Brad Marchand, except for he's not a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he, you know, walks that line, but he doesn't go over it like Marchand would. But that's the best comparison. He hasn't liked anybody yet. I love how he's playing right now because he's fiery, he's feisty, but he's also opportunistic, and things start are, are like going in his favor. Like a, I believe it was the Islanders' goal. I'm not. I can't really remember where he like chipped it in, snuck past the defenseman, went right to the net, even though he had Raffle, and just snuck it by him. It was just like, wow, what just happened? It all <laughs> happened so quick. He's like a swift player like that, and that's his game. And when it's going good for him, this is the results you get. And he does get careless, but he, the fortune favors the bolt, you know. So as long as you pick your spots. This is the good connecting we need to see, and he's exciting to watch. And I know he's a smaller guy, but it it is really nice to see. I hope he can keep it up, and I hope he limits the mistakes. I haven't seen a whole lot. Uh, Yeah, he does do it in the offensive zone. He does it in the neutral zone too sometimes, which leads to odd man rushes. But when it works, this is this is what you get, and that's the kind of player he is. So, and like you're saying, as he gets under people's skins, yelling at the Devils player that he's gonna, you know, (laughs) we all saw the clip. Uh, you know, I love that because that, that's the first way to get a team, especially if that team is losing and not as good as you, to get them way off their game, and then it just becomes a blowout. So he is a multifaceted player. He can do it on the ice. He can beat you on the scoreboard. And he can beat you in your head, and that's what I love about him. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, the reason I like guys like Konechny is, is that chirping style kind of runs in, in the Ike of own blood. Uh, Kyle, I'm sure you've seen that firsthand, right? Yeah, there's been plenty of times I've seen your brother take a pretty brutal slash on somebody for not much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm that bad, but it's, it's definitely in the blood, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy watching a guy like TK go. Um, I love that he called a guy like Malkin a nerd. He could have called him a lot worse, but, um, yeah, so it made me laugh last night. Um, let me see. Did we miss anybody here? Is there anybody that stuck out to you guys that I didn't? That I missed, maybe. The, the newcomer. Newcomer. Oh, Phil Myers. No, no Ryan Hartman. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I love Hartman. I just, I mean, I think, obviously, he's no Wayne Simmons, but he's another TK, man, obviously, without this, the offensive skill and talent. But 
same thing. He runs his mouth, but he actually he goes out and hammers people, and it's it's nice. Obviously, he's not going to pile up points, and he's not the reason we're winning games at the moment. But guys like that help. Hundred percent agree. I think a guy like that's necessary on on any team. Jack, what do you think about Ryan Hartman? I mean, so far we were told we would like him, and I see why. Um, he's exactly what he was saying. He's he's a little Simmons kind of guy. Fire. He had a hell of a pass to JBR too the other night. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping he. Can, I, I really want to see him. I hope for, uh, Morgan Frost is our third line center, unless we sign Duchesne or something. I really want to see him next to a guy like that and just watch them go, especially against like third line style kind of players. I want to see what he can do because he can do a little bit of everything, and we need that little fieriness and that feistiness, and I like that. Um, also, another player that has been playing pretty well, a little under the radar, uh, he's kind of been doing it all year, is a Scott Lawton. Scott Lawton had a really nice goal the other night. He's another opportunistic player. He, I know we drafted him because he was Mike Richards, but he really is starting to – you're starting to see that like Mike, Mike Richards light, you know, I would say. I'm glad he's on the team. He's a nice guy at the bottom of the – depth chart you can use and i like what i see from him and on top of that jvr was signed to score goals and he's scoring goals yeah there you go he's got four goals two assists and uh the last four on one stretch so yeah good good name there jvr uh i love when lawton scores i, I feel like he always works so hard and he's not always rewarded with the goal but when he does you know it looks like he uh, hasn't scored in years you know yeah <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, that's how Mike Richard used to look when he scored, like working his <laughs> ass off. That's what I used to like about the guy, and it's very similar. And uh, you need that at the bottom of the lineup. Those little goals, like it, can, it, it keeps a game that's like two to one. It, you know, then you're up three to one, or it just buries the other team, and they start losing um, confidence. And that can win you games, and that can just make it more comfortable. And it, it's something the Flyers just haven't had in a while. Like they yeah. have a big lead, the team comes back on them, it's overtime, or vice versa. It also takes off, I mean, to touch on an earlier subject, it also takes the pressure off of guys like Jake Voracek, who sometimes when he feels that pressure, he makes mistakes. Yeah, really That's good That's true, point. too. You see him try to do it himself a lot. Yep. So, And when you got a guy like Scott Law and pitching in a goal and – in the middle of the second period to put you up an extra goal. Yeah, it takes a lot of pressure off your first and second line. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you guys want to move on here, we could talk Flyers' playoff picture or lack thereof. Um, currently, they're, they're projected 5% chance to make the playoffs. Let's start with Kyle because I know you think they have a, a much greater chance. I know, Jack, you think the same thing, right? Oh yeah, let me let me get the bandwagon out. <laughs> Kyle, what do you think about the Flyers' playoff hopes, man? I I don't I think it's slim to none that they make the playoffs. I mean, if they do, okay. If they don't, okay. I mean, it it is what it is at this point because if you get in, you're going to be facing Tampa Bay, and I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to tune in and watch it, but does anybody really? think we have a chance if we make it in the last wild card slot <laughs> that's the thing too because we're i mean i know for myself i'm rooting for them to to make it and then when they get in there i'm like ah oh, shit did i really want them to, to be subjected to this ass whooping but jack what do you think the man perfect oh sorry no go ahead kyle what do you got the perfect situation would be to just snake in but kick pittsburgh out yes 
And I don't, I don't even care what we do in the first round. Just as long as we kick Pittsburgh out of the playoffs, I'd be I'd be perfectly happy with that. Hundred percent agree. That's all I want is for for us to get in over Pittsburgh. But then it's kind of like you know who really won because your reward is Tampa Bay. <laughs> you know. Uh, go ahead, Jack. Well, that's less money for Pittsburgh in the playoffs, and you, we all know that once Crosby goes, they're moving to Kansas City. So, <laughs> you know, that doesn't help the franchise there. Yeah, so I mean, it would be fantastic to you know have them miss the playoffs. But what I'm worried about is that the Flyers come super close and then just miss, you know, like a typical bubble playoff team, which is kind of where we had a map. But to go from lose for Hughes and having a chance at that to just missing the playoffs, or if you do make it and you get trounced by Tampa. You think back to how we got embarrassed last year and embarrassed against the Caps like three years ago. The only thing good coming out of this is the team coming together and gelling. Like I, that's why I'm, I'm really happy to see what they're doing. As far as the playoffs, I can take it or leave it at this point. To be quite honest with you, and it really comes down to Tampa. Um, I'm, I'm already kind of focused on next year with the off season with Quenville. With for, they got to get one top free agent. We we actually talked about this last week. These uh, Philadelphia teams, they fight for headlines. And, you know, with Harper signing in Philly, you got to imagine the Flyers are going to make their splash. So whether it's Quenville, whether it's player, whether it's both, I don't know. Um, like, uh, like we kind of all agree, yeah, we're going to tune in, we're going to watch, but it's not doesn't mean the world to me if they make it or if they miss it. And I, I just I think they're too far back. And you threw away the first half of the season, and now you don't control your own destiny. So they can go... Well, how many games you got left, Jim? Like 16? Uh, I think that's it, yeah. 16, 17 games left. Yeah, I have... Hang on, let me see here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, about that, yep. So they can go undefeated and still miss the playoffs technically if the rest of the league, like or the rest of the teams in the race, win like 75% of their games. And that's not a crazy amount to ask for. So it's tough, and I... Uh, I guess they'll consider it an accomplishment, and it's good for the team to gel, like I said, but I'm not married to the idea that they need to make it or anything like that, so that's how I feel. Yeah, and, you know, halfway through the season, during the All-Star break, uh, I was kind of like, well, you know, I would still like them to make a, a playoff push, but knowing how unlikely it was, uh, the least that I wanted to see was player development. And Kyle, you mentioned it earlier, but you know, the young guys are starting to step up, finally coming around. We've been hearing, you know, about the young guys for how long now? And and guys like TK are finally starting to, to show who he really is. Um Provorov's, you know, picking his game back up. Guys like Travis Sandheim uh are are starting to put it together. Um Goss Despair's still around, he's having a down year. Um, there's a lot to be excited about, and I think a couple of the guys that I mentioned were guys like Provorov, uh, Nolan Patrick, and, and uh, Jake Borchek needed to turn their seasons around uh, for the for the Flyers to do anything, and they 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 finally are. And, and you know now we're looking at you know we have a five percent chance for the playoffs. Um, you know, so they're doing what I what. At least they're making me happy. You know, if if they do miss, at least guys are starting to perform a little bit. Um, what do you think, Kyle? <laughs> Jack, you want to go? Kyle might be a little tied up over there. <laughs> yeah, it kind of alludes to what I was saying about the team uh, gelling, and that's what you want to see. You know, at the, I want them to start the season off next year like that. 
I want them to come out of the gate playing well and sustain it. I'm not saying they need to win every game and go on winning streaks from start to finish, but they can't be getting into these huge holes. They're up, Right now, they are a playoff team. They're just so far back because of how poorly they played and how bad their coaching was. And I'm not just talking about Hackstall. It was the penalty kill. It was the goal setting. It was a bunch of things. But you should have all that fixed going into next season. You should have a better coach. Even if we still had Gordon, which I'm not real keen on, they're a better team. You should have a healthy Carter Hart with a, a nice veteran backup in Talbot, and they like like each other, which apparently means something, you know. And then if you add a God forbid, you add a free agent, especially with this crop, this crop of free agents, just add one guy. And I just they have the money. You, you got rid of some dead weight already. Probably buy out McDonald. You still got to see what you have in Moran. Like they could really go look pretty, I don't want to say dangerous, like they're a cup contender, but they can make some noise next year if all things fall right for them, they make some good decisions. And that's going to come down. It's going to start with Chuck Fletcher, with coach search, and then with uh, free agency, and then we can really be in business. 100% agree, 100% agree. So let's look at the Flyers' road ahead. They have Washington tonight. They have New York Islanders next, uh, home against Ottawa, uh, Washington again, and then away at Toronto. That's their next five games. Um what do you see happening in these next five games, Jack? I think they win tonight. I I, uh, I don't think Washington's been playing all that well late, lately, and the Flyers tend to have their number, except for in the playoffs. Uh, I, then I I don't I can't see them beating the Islanders twice, so I think they'll lose that game. I think they beat Ottawa. They have nobody, although that's a typical Flyers trap game. But nah. I do think they'll win. Um, then I then that. The Washington, the second Washington game is a little bit of a toss-up for me. I'll give it to Washington, but I could see it going to overtime. And Toronto's another tough. That's a tough game against Toronto. There, I think they could lose that one. Five hundred be nice here. Was that you give me five games? So yep. was that two, two, and one? Yep. Two, two, and one. Maybe a three and two. If things fall their way. Um, we'll see. It all starts tonight. And um, even if they go three and two, that's two losses. Like unless everybody else in the uh, Metro shits the bed, <laughs> they're not going to make up much ground. Nope, uh, nope. So, Kyle, we're talking about the next five games on the flyer schedule. We have Washington tonight, New York Islanders, home against Ottawa, home against Washington, and away at Toronto. How do you see those five games playing out? Uh, they're really tough games. You know the Islanders ain't going to lay down like they did the other night. Nope. <laughs> and you know that the Caps always give us fits. Um, with missing Voracek tonight, it worries me. I'm not keeping track of the score right now, so I have no idea what the game is doing. Um, I would like to see them somehow pull out some magic. I mean, that would be nice, right? Nice five out, five and out. Yeah. Or another four out and one. Keep it going with a point streak. But I could see them dropping one. If they if they drop more than one, it's not going to be pretty. But maybe a two one and one. Yeah. That's well, it. a two one and two. Sorry. Okay. So Jack, what did you say they were going to do? Two two and one or something like that? I yeah, I said either two two and one, maybe three and two. Um, but yeah, you add up the points, and it's it's kind of tough. They're not playing anybody directly with them in the standings. I think I think the Capitals are safe. The Islanders lead the division. You know, Ottawa's completely out of it. Toronto's pretty much set in stone where they're at. So if we were playing like Carolina, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, that would be a lot different. But um, we're still going to need so much help from the out-of-town scores. If they can, they can go 5-0, we can still be, you know, 
the playoff chances go from five to ten. This is your still extremely low percent chance. Yeah, yeah. But if you look, if you look at the rest of the month's schedule too, um, obviously you played the Caps twice, you played the Islanders twice, including the next spot. Um, you played the Leafs, you played the Canadians, which are another one of the teams kind of in it, but close. You played the Hurricanes twice. And then you played the, the Senators, Rangers, Blackhawks, uh, the Stars and the Blues are your two West Coasts for the end, and that wraps up the season. I mean, you you got some big ones, including a big one with Pittsburgh. Yeah, it doesn't really stop it. it, it they're pretty much, from here on out, they're, they're playing playoff teams with the exception of, of teams like Ottawa, Chicago, uh, I think the Rangers, and I think there's one more in there somewhere. Uh, they're not standing out to me now, but... Other than that, I mean, they're playing teams like Washington three times in these last 15, 16 games. They're playing uh, Carolina twice, uh, Pittsburgh once. They have Toronto twice in there. Um, so uh, it, it's tough to beat these teams once. And then even if even if you do, it's, it's tough to beat them twice in a row like that. Um, so, I mean, they have their work cut out for them. I've been kind of saying for the last week or two that you know, they put themselves in this position to, to make a run or to make the playoffs. You know, now, you know, you, you might as well put up or shut up, you know. It, start, I mean, win some of these games or start playing guys like Moran, you know. See what he's got. Get him ready for next year. Because I, I do want to see Moran play. And I, I wasn't planning on talking about Sam Moran tonight. But, you know, do you guys want to see him get in some games? Jack, we could start with you. I've wanted to see him get in some games since 2013. I knew he was a project. I knew it would be a wait. But my God, it, we're coming up on like seven years. But from what I from what I read, he's not going to play until they're like officially out of the playoffs, or there's a major injury or a long term injury or something like that. Um, yeah. So I don't think we have to worry about that affecting our playoff chances. Once he's in, I think the Flyers are kind of succeeding. Uh, yeah, succeeding unless they uh, unless there's an injury. Um, or it's very unlikely. I don't know if they need to necessarily be mathematically eliminated before you see him. Um, the other thing is with some of these teams we got have we have coming up, like the playoff teams. One thing they can hope for if these teams are set in stone where they're playing, they go on cruise control a little bit. The, the Flyers need to take advantage. Like if you got teams that we know Toronto's like we know we're playing Boston, we're keeping guys healthy, we're not going to go crazy. Flyers need to take advantage of that. Uh, the the must win games are those Carolina Pittsburgh games. You you can't mess around. You can't come out flat. You got to keep the tempo up, and you can't be winning in overtime either. You can't afford to be giving them points. You know, winning's just not enough at this point. They, they're too far back. So, yeah. So I mean, I do want to see Moran, but I don't want him to disrupt the flow right now. And unfortunately, you're not going to see him unless they're out of it. Yeah, it's kind of how I feel too. Uh, what do you think, Kyle? I mean, I've been waiting for Sam Moran's debut. I thought he beat Hag out for a spot. What was it? A year ago? Two yeah. years ago? Yeah, I thought he played. Yeah, I thought Hag, I thought Moran played better than Hag in preseason, and Hag got the spot, which obviously that's way out of my pay grade to decide. But <laughs> you could thank Hackstall for that one. <laughs> And who knows what it would look like right now if that was the case. And I I feel like um, he deserves a shot to at least try. 
but not right now. Not in. I mean, he hasn't played in. He's played two games with the Phantoms in what a year now. Yeah. I, like you, you just can't. You can't right now, and it's unfortunate for him, and it's an unfortunate for the fans who want to see him be mean <laughs> and possibly fight somebody. But like, <laughs> but you just can't afford it right now. Ah. Uh, I have to agree with your buddy, Dan the Angry, the uh, <laughs> negative. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a big Sam Moran fan. Watched him play with the Phantoms for a while. He's big body. He skates well. I think he will do good in the NHL. My biggest fear is they're going to get rid of him, and he's going to turn out to be Zedno Chara oh my or God. something. And I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I think we all would. Shit, if that happened. Are you kidding me? Um, wow. so they're going to need a guy like Sam Moran, I think, in some of these games coming up. You know, a game like tonight, you know, Washington sending Tom Wilson out there. Like, we don't have a Wayne Simmons anymore. And, you know, as as well as connecting, he's been playing and he's been stepping up physically, things like that. He ain't, he's no Tom Wilson. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I, maybe I won't be worried so much in a game like tonight. But when they play again in, in three games, you know, they might need a guy like Sam Moran out there. Um, or they're going to play Washington two more times. They play New York Islanders two more times. Um, they play Carolina two of the last five games, you know. Um, they might need a guy like Sam Moran. And I, and I know, you know, man, like I just don't want to see guys like Giroux getting smashed headfirst into the wall or... Or Nolan Patrick getting a you know a hit with a knee on knee or something stupid from uh, Tom Wilson or or any of those kind of players and you know who do we have that can that's going to say anything to Tom Wilson you know what I'm saying? No one effectively. Yeah. So I mean, Sam Moran he might be necessary. It's just you know if they're carrying seven defensemen during a game anyway, why not dress Moran over a guy like McDonald? You know. Well, that's the age-old question for sure. Anybody (laughs) at this point, if anybody is benched in favor of McDonald, you have to ask why. Yeah, I just I don't understand. I mean, Jack, I know you can make a whole show about Andy McDonald, and I will. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, uh, what else do you guys got? We're coming towards the end here. You have any any last things you want to chime in? covered everything that we've set out to cover yep jack you got anything i would like to say thank you for allowing me on it was awfully considerate of you oh anytime kyle we had fun uh jack what do you got going on dude well the uh trade deadline's over and uh we're just kind of seeing where the pieces fall now um it's it's a lot of just sit and wait see what happens and We'll have to go from there. Like I said, I was already looking forward to the uh, the draft and the uh, free agency. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is enjoyable while it lasts. It's a monumental climb, but at least they're trying. And if they're going to become a better team together going into next year because of it, then I'm all for that. As far as me personally, uh, I wanted to start my uh, Flyers therapy show, but what they're playing so well, it seems kind of strange. <laughs> so probably going to hold off on that. Uh, I believe it's Jim. What is it? The twentieth. You and I will be on the uh, Negative Dance show, or is it your? It's your show, Angry and Negative show. I'll be the guest. Yep. Hell yeah. That's uh, two weeks from today, I believe. Yep, February twentieth. 
So there you go. So three three Twitter flyers' minds. Well, I'm sure uh, Samuel Moran will get brought up by them. Oh, yeah. No, no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, if you guys want to throw up your Twitter, uh, Twitter handles real quick, uh, I'll, then I'll do my little spiel. <laughs> you want to go first, Jack? <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. Uh, I am at Jack underscore HW Radio. And like I said, keep uh, keep an eye out for updates and my possible show, probably when the Flyers really piss me off next. <laughs> there you go. Go ahead, yeah, I'm at I'm at Warner Kyle 29 plain and simple, to the point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. So we can wrap up. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter, Jim underscore HW Radio. Uh, you can follow the podcast at HW underscore Radio underscore. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for Flyers podcast this week. We have, I'm sorry, no, Angry Jim will be on Sunday. Uh, we're recording Friday this week for Seriously WTF. Um, give that show a, a listen if you haven't listened yet. It's unhockey related, but you might get a laugh. Um, feel free to DM me whatever your WTF moments are, um, and you can hear them on the show. Um, at that, if there's nothing else, we can put a bow on this one, and we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on, Kyle and Jack. Always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Appreciate it.